sadly, you got to be willing to do some things that are unspeakable to other human beings in order yeah. to get home alive or in order to in order to win. That's where your moral compass, you need to just leave it behind for a second. Welcome to Movie Muggin, the father and son podcast that puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I would definitely put the lotion back in the basket. It puts the lotion on its skin or it gets the hose again. Did you like Silence of the Lambs? I did. Yeah? Yeah. How many times after watching Silence of the Lambs did you, like, tuck it and dance in front of the mirror? Uh, No, I, it kind of ruined that for me. I, oh, used to, you, I used to do it a lot more. Did you used to say the things in, to yourself in the mirror that he said? No. No. Oh. No. Dude, I did. I have a friend who sent me I still do. He sent me <laughs> he sent me his rendition of it, like on a full video where what? he set up the phone so the camera. No. <laughs> would you fuck me? I would fuck me. No, wait a minute. Your friend did the tuck? Oh no, there were two separate videos. Okay. The would you fuck me, I would fuck me was with the girl filter on that made you look pretty and have long hair. <laughs> yeah. And he said it in like a, would you fuck me? Because he looked like a girl. So that Snapchat filter that turns me into a girl, I see so many people doing it and they're like pretty girls. I'm fucking hideous. Well, you kept the beard too. So that was a, that was know, a thing. Well, that's part of it. But even without <laughs> the beard. <laughs> You're just a gross girl. I'm not a pretty girl. I was a pretty girl. Yeah, you I, were. I was. I, I don't get it. I mean, it's not like I'm trying to be a pretty girl. Yeah. But if I wanted to, damn it, I want to be. <laughs> you don't want to be ugly. You don't want to look like that girl from The Warriors. Except that'd probably be better than what you looked like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She was pretty. She was just caught in the wrong part of town and hadn't showered in a while. Mm -hmm. Had the dirtiest feet I ever seen that didn't belong to a corpse. Yeah. Yeah, but Swan, you're Swan, so. I am Swan. Oh, hey, we got The Warriors vest. We've had it for a while. We, we just forgot about you it. You know what? Let's talk about that in lobby time. Okay. Anyway, I'm Vince. I'm Jack. And we are a father and son duo who love watching movies, having a conversation, and more importantly, spending quality father-son time together. Yep. This is episode number 34. Wow. 34. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, I'm just an idiot. Whenever I hear the, the numbers 34 or 36, there's only one thing I think about. Bingo? <laughs> uh, like double D. Oh. <laughs> My mind just went there right away. Just goes to boob sizes. <laughs> yeah. There's not one person listening who is like in any way, shape or form surprised at all. <laughs> I mean, I was the only one who was surprised. I don't really understand women's clothing sizes. Like men's, small, medium, large, extra large, double XL pants. What's your waist size? 32. What's okay, there you go. Not that I've seen a 32 lately, but yeah. <laughs> what's your waist size? 32. What's your inseam? 33, 34. Okay, pretty simple. Um, <laughs> what size should I get you? I'm a 12. I'm an 8. I'm a, I'm a 4. Yeah. I'm a, my bra size is 32C. Um, my blouse size is... I mean, what the fuck is that? Whenever I saw... I saw on Snapchat, on a girl's Snapchat story... That she was selling her prom dresses, which were both size two. I was like, "What is that? Is there negative sizes? Where are the no? There's like, a zero. There is two. Like, how is zero look? 
Very, very skinny. <laughs> I'm scared of that because the two looked pretty small. Yeah. you. If you're a zero, you you might be you 11 zero. or you might do meth. Okay. It's, it's either one or the other. Damn. It's either one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hopefully not both. <laughs> oh, God, man. For once, you're taking it the dark path real like, quick. I, I have no idea what size your mother is. Like, if I was to go out and well, try to Why would to you buy... even try to learn it? Well, I mean, I used to. I used to want to know. I used to want to be able to get her clothes and stuff for her birthday and Christmas, but I learned that I'm terrible at it. But I used to try. <laughs> but I, I just, I don't understand the sizing. Why does it have to be so confusing? I guess the boob one, I understand like A, B, C, D, how it just like the, the later the letter is in the alphabet, the bigger your boobs are. And then I guess the number before are like, because not every set of double Ds, I guess you'd say, is the exact same. So the, there's like the slide adjustments or something with the numbers. Where's the 34? Is it 34 centimeters? Is it 34 yeah. ounces? I is mean, the, what are we talking can about? Can you have a 34A? An A cup? I think so. 30, 36 double B? What is the... <laughs> what, I've never heard I, that. I don't know. And what is the difference between like A and C? I mean, obviously I know size, but I, I just, I don't know where the... They feel is. way different. Is it like the Fujita scale with tornadoes where there's like you get to a, a certain F scale or whatever, like there's an F0 and an F1 and Magnitude. You, can, you can measure it by wind speed, but with the... <laughs> Like with the bra, I mean, I just, is there like a certain... Bras are supposedly really uncomfortable. I'm sure they are. Yeah, it would suck. Have you learned how to take one off with one hand yet? Not uh, yet. It's an art. I shall teach you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Enough bra talk. What do you say we head on out to the lobby? <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. It's lobby time with Vincent Jack. All right, everybody, welcome to the Movie Mug and Lobby. This is a time we talk about things that aren't related to the movie we're going to be watching, but we still think they're important enough to warrant some airtime. <sighs> Jack, I'm sad. What for? We actually recorded an episode. Well, you know this. I mean, I, was I know, about to I know say, you're we, saying we what for, but we talked about this earlier today. <laughs> so we recorded an episode, and it was on the movie Old School, and... I don't know what the fuck happened. We were having technical difficulties before we even tried. We postponed it a day. We went ahead and recorded it the next day. And the audio was all fucked up through most of the first part of it. And I could not fix it for the life of me. I spent a whole lot of time on it. Yeah, you slaved over that shit. I did, man. But I just, I don't know what the fuck happened. We didn't, we literally didn't do anything different. But it was just, it was fucked up. Toward the end, it cleared up. And it was salvageable, and I made it to where it sounds okay. And so what I'd like to do, because it was some funny stuff, I'd like to <laughs> release that in a mini cast. Yeah. A future mini cast. It's a good plan. But uh, it it just fucking took the wind out of my sails, man. You had to give me a pep talk. I, I was, did. I was standing on the ledge, man. <laughs> yeah. And you're about to break? If I would have got one step closer. Yes. <laughs> All right, that's been the podcast for today. Oh. The perfect punchline that Movie Muggin has been leading up to. But you know what? <laughs> I want to talk about something positive. I want to give a shout out to our podcasting BFFs, Chris and Erica, with Film Stripping. Happy one year anniversary. <laughs> Happy one year anniversary. Woo! We are so fucking proud of you guys because one year, that's huge. It takes a long time. 
That sounded <laughs> dumb as fuck. It takes 360 days. It takes days, a lot of dedication is what I meant to say. A lot of work. <laughs> One year's pretty big, man. Yeah, that is very big. Because it really, there's really a lot that goes into pumping out a podcast week after week. Mm-hmm. And from what I've read, most podcasts, on average, don't make it past about seven episodes. Yeah, they figure out that it's a lot more work than they thought it would be. Yeah, either that or they're doing it to make money and they realize, you know what, this isn't going to make me any money. <laughs> or, you know, they have a situation where they have a co-host who lives somewhere far away and somebody Stuff has a comes kid up. or a job or something. And, shit and happens. Shit happens. Shit happens. But Chris and Erica keep pumping them out. I really love listening to them. Like, I, I, I honestly do. I feel like the more I listen, the more I get to know them. And mm-hmm. I consider them as much a friend as you can have through a podcast of people that you don't really know. Okay. <laughs> That's oddly specific. But. Yeah. But Chris and Erica, <laughs> congratulations. One year's a big deal. Keep on crushing it. Keep on crushing it. Now, to talk about the Warriors vest. Yes. <laughs> so we... We have a room in our house that has become the podcast studio slash viewing room. Used to be a storage room, used to be a spare room, and now it's blossomed. It used to be like everybody's got that junk drawer in their house. (laughs) This room has been many things, and junk drawer was one of them. So we we cleaned it out. We gave it a good paint job. We hung some kick-ass shit on the wall, and we're still getting more. And I got a warrior's vest. Yep. And we got it hung up in a display case, like a shadow box. Mm Mm-hmm. And it looks fucking awesome. Man, our room is really cool. We need a few more posters and stuff, and, mm-hmm. but that's basically about it. Yeah. Stickers. Hung the TV on the wall. Looks good. Yeah. Sticker bombing our coffee table. Yeah. So when we got the Warriors vest, it took me a long time to kind of pull the trigger on it. The price actually went down and then I jumped on it and it came from Pakistan. So you know it's quality. It took a long time to ship. It is actual leather. It is. It smells great. And we got it. And we put it on, and we were like... It fit us. It was a little bit big on me. And we looked fucking stupid as hell. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not how the story went. That is how the story no, went. No, I picked up a baseball bat and put tape on it and wore Ajax's tank top thing that was like, he had tucked in his pants. I whooped some ass. I saw someone rollerblading out in the park. Boom. Dead. You looked like a dork. Just like I did. Fuck off. <laughs> Lobby time's over. All right. Well, let's head on back to the podcast studio slash viewing room, and I will unveil today's movie. So, today's movie came out in the year, wow, this is a while back, 2019. Wow. It's rated R. It's one hour and 59 minutes. It got an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb, and 90% of Google users liked it. Okay. Now let's see what the Mormon mothers have to say. I don't know what the Mormon mothers have to say because I've not seen this movie and I do not want to read any spoilers. Okay. So, get your shoes on. Okay. We are going to see 1917. All right. Okay, cool. I wanted to see this when it came out like the day after Christmas or something like that. I did but too. They were, but it wasn't widely released at that point. And we were going to we have to drive like a fucking hour to see a movie. Yeah, y'all know how much we value movies. Like, fuck that shit. Well, I don't want to drive an hour to do much of anything. (laughs) I know what you mean. So, you know. What if Bae says she's home alone? (laughs) (laughs) Had to whip that old meme out on you. Yeah. Well, Bae's downstairs, so don't really have to worry about that. 
Okay. I can get that anytime I want. <laughs> that's why I sounded salty after you said it, because I knew that was coming. Yeah, and that's I can zero. Be balls deep anytime I want, and Jack. That's, and that's zero percent true. I'll well. teach you that one too. <laughs> yeah, stick with me. <laughs> I'm gonna learn a lot from you. Stick I can with tell. Me. Yeah. Yeah, if I, you'd probably be the worst wingman ever. Did you know my son sits in his room and does <laughs> jack shit all damn day? Isn't that attractive? He plays video games. He smells weird. And he literally has no goals. So he's Fuck. free to do whatever you want. Anytime. He doesn't hang out with friends because they all went to college. He works one day a week. <laughs> yeah. He can be with you and holding your hand at all times. He's a catch, ladies. Moviemuggin at gmail.com. <laughs> all right. You excited to see this? I am. I love me a good war movie. When we went and saw, was it Joker that we went and saw and we saw the previews for this? I It had to have been because we saw Mad Max Fury Road at the same place. And then I think Joker was the next one. No, Overlord. Yeah, we have a special place where we go watch special movies, mm -hmm. and it's one of those places where they serve you food, and it's nice reclining, big fucking oh, reclining fuck seats. Yeah. They're, They're the electronic reclining, so you can kind of get them any way mm -hmm. you want to. It's for like VIP A-lists or Pretty much. Only. Yeah. So, yeah, you wouldn't have heard of it. No, no. It's it's private. It's It doesn't even look like a theater, and we walk in whenever we want to. They're like, hey, Vince, Jack. Oh, welcome in, my liege. The usual? So yep. that's, that's where we're going to head here in a little bit. Just waiting on the limo to pick us up. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's go see it. Yep. Let's go ahead and take a movie mug and pause. And we'll be back shortly. All right. And we are back after watching 2019's. Wow. Last year. Wow. 2019's 1917. Yep. Well. <laughs> I could tell by the noises you were making, like the loud sighs that you were making during the movie, that this might not have been your cup of tea. My hard-to-contain anguish in the car ride home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when we go see movies, we don't talk about it on the way home as much as we'd like to talk about it. And maybe we should start taking, like, a little handheld device to record. But, yeah, we, we like it to be fresh <laughs> when we deliver it to you here on Movie Muggin. Yeah. But but I know I'm right. I'm going to sound a little bit low energy for this whole thing, but there's a large amount of despair that I'm feeling. Well, let me go ahead and get into the 50 Cent Tour, and then I'll read what the internet has to say about it. Um, Just so you know, before we go any further, this is a brand new movie. There spoilers. will be spoilers in this, because you know what? We can't contain ourselves, and we don't censor ourselves, obviously, so that's kind of how we are. And there's not really a movie review without it. And we're not really a movie review show anyway. True. So this movie's about World War I, 1917, obviously, and the British soldiers find out that the Germans have pulled back, but it's a trap. And mm -hmm. there's another like battalion of British soldiers on another side that are going to attack, thinking that they're retreating. But it's a trap. And Colin Firth, who is awesome, and I wish he would have been in this more, mm -hmm. is a general, and he calls a couple guys and he says, hey man, your brother's in this battalion, they're about to be slaughtered because they're going to do this attack. If you don't go warn them, then it's going to be a bloodbath. Their lines were cut, so they had to go. Yeah, there was uh, no communication. Walk across no man's land. They had to travel on foot to deliver this message. And so that's basically the story is, are they going to make it? What's going to happen in between? Do they make it in the end? And that's my, uh, that's my 50 cent tour. Let me see what the internet has to say. It was a great concept. I'll give them that. 
All right, this is what IMDb has to say. During World War I, two British soldiers, Lance Corporal Schofield and Lance Corporal Blake, receive seemingly impossible orders. In a race against time, they must cross over into enemy territory to deliver a message that could potentially save 1,600 of their fellow comrades, including Blake's own brother. I kind of know how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. Let me just say right off the bat that while I enjoyed the movie, I was disappointed. It wasn't all that I hoped it would be. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm not going to go so far as to say that I did not like it. Okay, well, I will be the one to go as far to say I really did not like it. At, at, at all? It was a bad movie. It wow. was a really bad movie. How did this get nominated for any awards at the Golden Globe or whatever? Like, are those people no, it, blind? It won Best Picture in the Golden Globes. <laughs> and see, that's ridiculous. See, I don't. Give me Santa Claus is coming to town. Why? Because it's good. No, 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 no. It has I, a great not... message, and it's more fun to watch. No, I'm not talking about why Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> why did you think this movie was so terrible? Because it didn't even seem like a war. The only danger you felt was, like, faux danger, because they're just in the middle of an open field, where, oh, maybe we'll get shot. You see, what, four Germans in the entire movie? I don't know. Yeah, a handful. Maybe, maybe, I think four or five. So you're... And one of them is... This is the most ridiculous scene I'll ever, ever see in a war movie. Well, we'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. So you wanted, like, action, 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 Not firefights. I wanted real danger. And, the- and there it seemed like there was real danger when they first got in the uh, trenches and there was the trip mine that went off. That seemed, that was intense. And he had to unbury his other buddy from the rocks and stuff, and he couldn't see because of dust in his eyes. That was good. See, I thought this movie started really, really strong. And then went to shit. I I agree with you on that. I don't know that I totally agree with you on that. So it it starts out, these two guys are sitting under a tree having a snooze, which happens a lot in the military. Downtime, you get your rest where you can, especially like in wartime. They call him in. The general says, hey, man, you got to go deliver this message, or 1,600 troops, including your brother, are probably dead. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's not a get your stuff together. It's like, go right now. Mm-hmm. And this is the trench warfare, man, where you can't Fuck see that. anything that's going on above ground. You're just kind of in these trenches. And you, I mean, you don't even know what could be walking up on you. And so they have to go through all these trenches. And then they have to like climb over the wall where normally people are just sawed in half when they do that. I felt like that was a lot of suspense, not knowing what was going to be there, not knowing what was coming, not knowing what might be right around the corner. You always figure, yeah. The Germans retreated, but they're going to leave some people there. Yeah. To, like, snipe anybody who sticks their head over there. Which you would think that's what they would have done. And they did at one point. Oh, sort of. Once they got into the city. But I I just, at the beginning, when they just peered over the top and looked at what they were going to have to go through, which was just mud and destruction and death and carcasses. Dead horses and stuff. The feeling of dread and anxiety that those guys must have had doing something like that had to be just enormous. And I just, yeah, I, I try to put myself in their shoes of doing something like that. And I just think, fuck, would I even have the balls to even stick my head over that? Would I rather be assigned to do their task or would I rather watch the movie a second time? <laughs> mm, easy choice for me. Man, you really hated it. Honestly, if I didn't think it was going to be an awesome movie, I probably wouldn't have hated it as much. Okay. But I, I figured it was going to be another 100, and then it was like negative 100. It was so bad. Look, I would agree 
that this movie did not live up to what I hoped it would be, but I still appreciated it. And I would, I'm going to say that it was wonderfully filmed and it was, it was a beautiful movie. Yeah. So basically the first 45 minutes is one shot. It feels like one shot. I, 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 don't, I don't, didn't remember seeing any cuts. And I loved it while you didn't. Uh, well, I liked it until it started, it started putting them into boring situations that dragged on for too long where there should have just been a cut and it would have gone to like the cool stuff you wanted to watch. But they're like, oh, we're doing it in one shot, so we're going to have this boring-ass scene last for 15 minutes. And then as soon as the boring-ass scene ends, it's the soldiers walking as slow as they possibly could for another five minutes. <laughs> and it's just, they did that two or three times. I was, I And was, I was just over it. <laughs> I was okay with it. You can't charge the whole time. No, but... That's such a fat waste of time that it shouldn't have even really been a scene in the movie. I don't know. There were a couple things in there that I agree. It was like uh, when they went through like the cherry trees or something. It was like, eh, and that came back later. And you're just kind of like, eh. I don't give a fuck. Didn't really need that. But so Blake, he's the one who initially got assigned to the task and chose his buddy Schofield. So Blake's older brother is in the battalion that's on a suicide mission unknowingly. And... So it's more urgent for him to get there. He really has the sense of purpose. And so the two of them are just walking to get to their destination, and they see a dogfight, two of their planes versus a German plane. The German plane gets shot down and crashes right next to them. Uh, They decide to get the German pilot out of the burning, soon-to-explode plane. And he's on fire. And he's on fire. Fire goes out. They didn't pat him out. I was waiting for mm-hmm. them to do that. Because initially, I thought it was like a British buddy who got shot down. And I was like, okay, that's that's why they're saving him. And he starts speaking German. And the two guys have different ideas of what to do. Schofield is like, we need to put him out of his misery. And the other guy's, no, he's thirsty. He needs water. And so, while the other Schofield's getting him water, Blake gets stabbed and dies. Like a dumbass. Yeah. Uh, this takes the cake for biggest, most stupid, dumbass bitch ever. What kind of move is that? Saving your enemy? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's war. Do we be nice and make friends? Which is not, one, not going to work out. You're going to die. Or do we just shoot him in the head? Or do you just leave him in the plane and keep going on your mission? Yeah. That's the, that's the best play there. Because... One, it doesn't get your hands dirty. It, it kind of leaves you out of it. See, that's the whole thing. You let that fucking guy burn, and if yeah. it looks like he's going to get out of that plane, then you put a bullet in it. Yeah. Because you don't want to waste a bullet, but you let him burn. He was up there trying to shoot your comrades down. It'd be different if it was any other situation. It, this is war. This isn't day-to-day life. This is war. You don't do that. No, you, like, kill, you kill your enemies in war. That's where your moral compass, you need to just leave it behind for a second. I'm not a soldier, but that's what makes sense to me. You can't bring the human element into war. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. You will be too soft. Mm -hmm. You have to see them as the enemy, more of a thing than a human. You can't think about that there's family that's waiting for them to get home. (laughs) You can't think that maybe they have a daughter or you you just can't. They're your enemy. You got to take them out. I mean, have these guys never seen Saving Private Ryan? Apparently not. I mean, apparently not. Come on. You do not let your enemy live. You don't. Because then they get another chance to shoot at you or shoot at your buddy. You, you got to take them out. Yeah. And that, just... was a, that was awful because 
the movie felt like it had just started, and you got these two guys who you just feel like they're going to make it to the end, mm-hmm. and one of them gets gut stabbed. The one by the you German. care about more because his brother, and he's done, man. He <laughs> dies quick. I was really hoping he'd survive, but he was bleeding like. He there got, were like pools of blood just like sitting on his clothes. He got gutted. He he got gutted real bad. And it was a it was a heartfelt scene. It was really sad. That's where the movie plummeted into crap, in my opinion. Because I, I kind of felt for a while that the wrong one died. They were both kind of likable for the most part, but the wrong one died because you want to see the brothers unite. That would be cool. Obviously cliche as well. But again... It's a movie that throws you a curveball early, and then you either got to get behind it or it loses you there. It sounds like it lost you there. Yeah. The one who died, he died real fast. And then the other one, he has a force field of plot armor. He couldn't get shot no matter what happened. Nothing bad could happen to him for the most part. Well, his worst injury was falling down and hitting his head and putting his hand on barbed wire in the first 10 minutes of the movie. And nothing else happened. He got shot at countless times. Nope. They're, these so elite lot, German soldiers really don't know how to use a gun. Let's. These were not elite German soldiers. They're German soldiers. So they the, the first guy who shot at him was a sniper, and he was one guy who was kind of left behind. You're not going to leave your elite German snipers behind. You're going to well, leave yeah. some fucking guy that you don't really care about. Hey, you stay here. If anybody tries to cross this bridge, you shoot at him. So but it's a, it wasn't it, a marksman. He, he had a sniper, though. Did, did, I don't know if he had a sniper. Well, you, you called him a sniper. So. But, well, okay. So you're... he had a rifle and he was up in a window. Mm-hmm. Had a great view of our defenseless main character now, who's just tightrope walking on a, a rail and then gets shot at and makes a jump and has to like go across this crumbled bridge. I, I found it believable. He's like shimmying across this bridge. And this guy missed five or six shots on him. I he, he missed the ridiculous. first one. Then he jumped behind some stuff where it got even harder to hit him because there was a bunch of metal and stuff in front of him. The only other times he got shot at by Germans, Germans were running after him and shooting. Yeah, running yeah. and shooting. Well, I know that's way harder. Way harder. But the funny thing is at that part, uh, the German is like directly behind him. And instead of stopping, taking aim and shooting at a person running And just in a straight line, that's not a hard thing to do. Okay, if you've been running, you're out of breath. Yes, okay. And then when you're out of breath and you're trying to shoot... You have a massive target to a person's back. When you're running out of breath and you have to shoot and you're breathing hard, it's going to fuck up your aim. They're like 10 feet away. Plus your adrenaline's going and plus... I mean, it is what it is, man. There's all the stipulations. There's lots of stipulations when it comes into basic marksmanship. When it comes into basic marksmanship. There's a lot that goes into it. Then how did uh, the main character shoot the guy who's in the window by shooting the top of the window? He didn't shoot the guy. He shot enough times to where the guy went down. Well, when, so, whenever he opened the door to look at the guy, he was all like weary, like he'd been shot. I thought he'd been shot. And I, I couldn't tell if he'd been shot or not. Well, okay. In that case, we'll just treat it as if he wasn't shot. But that confrontation, they, they exchanged blows. Apparently one died and the other one, the main character, fell down and broke his head open. Mm-hmm. When when he did get to that little town or whatever, and then when he finally woke up from being unconscious and the flares were going off, there were some beautiful shots. That that was really cool because he he started realizing the pattern and he would hide for a second until the flare went out. And that's probably another scene where he should have died, but didn't. Yeah, at one point there was just another guy. The flare went off, and then there's this other guy looking at him, 
And he's looking at him like, oh, he could be friendly. And he kind of takes a couple steps. They kind of take a couple steps toward each other. And then the, the German realizes, oh, that's the enemy and comes running after him. And that, yeah. was, that was a pretty cool scene. Yeah. He got to this point where there's like this burning church. Uh, and there's like like a lot of fire everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he sees a guy come out, a German guy come out and starts vomiting because he's drunk. Oh, yeah. And so he goes in that guy's like house and sees a younger German guy who then the main character slams him into a pole and covers his mouth. And this is another fucking stupid thing. He should have died here, too. He, he, he was looking at the German guy. He's like, shh, shh. And he, like, the German guy's like, okay, yeah. Starts nodding his head like, yeah, he's going to be quiet. T- takes his hand off his mouth and instantly the kid starts yelling. So British guy like chokes him out and then runs away. And I, I thought that was ridiculous, too. Trusting it's they have trust in their enemies to be friendly. I mean, you make snap decisions. I'm not sure if he would have shot him, it would have been her. We well, don't he even know. Ni- if, he had a knife. We don't know if he had a knife at that point. He'd well, lost a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's true. But it's just you don't take chances like that. I agree. Obviously, I can't. I I'm not gonna say, yeah, I would have stabbed him on sight. I I don't really know what I would have done. Well, let's talk about Pro- that. Probably nothing. And probably just gotten shot because I don't care about the dude's brother. All right, well, let's let's talk about that. Um, <laughs> if I'm dead, then does it matter? Vince, Jack, we need you to go and do what these two guys did. Could you even have stepped foot over that trench line? It would have taken longer than they took. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that was fucking creepy, man. Just knowing that any moment anything could happen, any eyes could be on you, anybody could shoot at you. I know, I think it gave you the feel of how awful World War One must have been. See, I don't even really fully agree with that. They left out mustard gas and stuff and actual trench warfare because there was no trench warfare. So you wanted a lot more action. I, I wanted more action rather than a boring scene after boring scene for crappy story ending. I See, I, I disagree. I think it was a good story. It could have been. I think the way it was put together was really good. I think there were some beautiful shots. I loved the one take shots. I mean, and I didn't really pay attention to where the edits were or whatever. It felt like the whole thing was just one shot. I thought that was really, really cool. I liked it at first until it just gave them an excuse to drag out boring scenes. See, I I just, I never found myself being bored. Oh. Except when, number one, when they walked through the flowers and kind of had a conversation about that when I thought they should have been much more focused on what could be in those houses they were walking up to. Yeah. There was one part when they were in the town and they ended up in, uh, or it was it was just him on his own because his buddy died. And he's running from a German and he breaks into a like a little building and there's a lady with a baby in there. And at that point I was like, what are we doing here? Exactly. I, but, and that was ve- a very long scene. But I realized that they're giving me a breather because I'd pretty much been tense most of that time. I checked waiting out waiting for something so to happen. Early. And then as soon as he left there, it's basically about to be light. And that's when he started running into all sorts of people shooting at him. He jumps yeah. in the river. It was because it was dawn is when the guys were going to go attack and I, all die. I realized that I was thankful for that little breather with the lady because it just it it took me from anxiety to a little bit of relaxation with her and then just put me right back into more anxiety. It was probably because I checked out 30 minutes in. I didn't feel anxious except for the beginning. Whenever, yeah, they first went in that house and just their their uneasy adventures. And they went in the the enemy's old... Uh, like underground barracks. Underground barracks and all that trenches. And 
I didn't really know what was going to go on. And they were looking for food and they found tripwire and they're like, don't move. It goes over here. And that was that was very uneasy. And I actually jumped when the tripwire went off. It was unexpected for sure. It, it was. And I, I figured one of them was going to die there. I don't know. I It's just I, I could not get over the fact that they thought saving that German and giving him water and staying staying close to him while he still has weapons on him. That's just common sense, I feel like. You would like to think that if you save somebody's life, they're going to be cool with you. It's like the whole story, I don't know, the the kid's story where the, the mouse takes the thorn out of the lion's foot and then they become friends, you know? Well, that's not... That's a kid's book. I know, exactly. So. But it's, it's, it's one of those things that if you save somebody's life, you feel like they're going to be indebted to you or they're, or they're at least not going to try to turn around and kill you. But this guy was... He was uh, fucking killed him. German all the way, and he had just got out of a dogfight where the where the the British had shot him down, and now he has a chance to get his revenge on British people. And yeah, like, I agree, man. Let that fucking guy burn in the plane, <laughs> and if it doesn't look like he's gonna die, go ahead and put a bullet in him. But yeah, it's war, man. You got to do shit that you wouldn't normally do, and that's harsh. But that's how you win wars, man. L- even less than that, that's how you stay alive. That's how you stay alive. Because I mean, that's the biggest goal. At least probably from soldier to soldier is to make it back home. Sadly, you got to be willing to do some things that are unspeakable to other human beings in order yeah. to get home alive or in order to in order to win. It's, it's just like the that whole you were them. But and to get back to uh, when he um, goes in the basement with that lady and her baby, mm-hmm. that was drawn out very long. And for me, it wasn't. An escape from anxiety because it turned into like some comedy bullshit for me. So I didn't feel anxious before or after it really. Comedy? Not comedy, but I, I found myself going like uh, having one of those like scoffs in disbelief yeah. at the fact that he'd never died. It's not like he it, ran through hell though. It's not well, like. He r- just ran past people with like one finger and it was not on. Like so, they couldn't fucking pull the trigger we, or hold we, the gun. We talked about that. I just thought it was stupid. Right. Uh, he should have died, in my opinion. Like there, it makes no sense that he can just like walk through there un, basically unscathed. Really, his biggest ailment in the end is that he was tired, and I just think like, uh, couldn't he have gotten shot at all? <laughs> like that would I felt like that would have been much more realistic if he was actually injured badly. But or sometimes at all. when we watch movies, you get mad because it's cliche. And then other times you get mad because it's not cliche. And you're really, really hard. I say you're really hard to to impress or to And I have like a billion hundreds. Uh, but you do. So yeah, I don't know. So not but, really. Right. When it's done wrong, it's done wrong. I know it. In your eyes. And and, I, and I'm right and I know it. All right. I'm, I'm right. Favorite parts? Uh, the beginning has to be those first 30 to 45 minutes. Because I thought in the theater that I had one hour left. <laughs> I, I just, I wanted to leave so bad. Uh, but that, if it was really at the one hour mark, I thought that it felt like two hours of movie left that were just hard to watch because it was not good. It's funny how I ask you about your favorite, your yeah. favorite part and then you go into... The this, be- it's but the beginning. I wanted to leave and well yeah the sorry That's sorry right. you took me to a crappy movie look <laughs> we both thought it was going to be kickass yeah um my favorite part the very beginning was great because it really just started hey here's what you got to do yes sir we'll do it and then as soon as they 
go up out of the trenches and they just go into that no man's land that's just death and despair. Yeah. And they're like, we got to fucking cross this. And I just, I don't know, man, I put myself in their shoes and I just thought, man, this is, this is some intense fucking suicidal mission. Oh man, it, it was, it was just really, really good. I, that was my favorite part too, the way it got started. Once Blake, the one who died from the stabbing right after his whole death scene and this kind of paying the respects and leaving, that's when I started checking out because Schofield, the one who survives, he walks a couple feet away and then boom, oh, the entire British army's like right there next door. Hey, hop on a ride with us. We'll take you straight there. I, I was wanting to see more of like a hardcore solo, like because that would have had a lot more suspense than getting the only suspense of that part was the guys sitting next to him on the army bus or whatever were really annoying at first. I agree that that part, like, cause those are soldiers though. That's what soldiers do. They bust each other's balls. Yeah. Especially if you're from a different outfit, but I agree that part was whole, was kind of weird that there was like a little, a convoy of soldiers that showed up and it was only in it for a little bit of time. I don't know. I, I felt like at that point he should have just gone on again. I it was I wish it was rougher like that where it was just Schofield and he was like fuck what am I gonna do now I'm the map is covered in blood I can't read it I wish there was a little more of the I'm fucked feeling instead of instant save pretty well, I, much I think at that point it was more than personal it was it was one of those I have to do this I will do this he even he said had to carry it on for the dude who really wanted to yeah, do it more and that was his mission and and that's what pointed him ahead and you know maybe a little divine intervention in there kept him from getting shot who knows <laughs> yeah but anyway yeah in, in the end he he does get there it's not shut this thing down don't attack because the first waves had already started going mm-hmm. over but they did Bring go ahead back. and call back the last waves. And so he definitely saved lives and he did end up meeting the brother and he told him your brother was brave and he saved my life. He and, wasn't alone. And can I write home to your mother and tell her and, and gave, gave him his rings and stuff. And then he just went down and sat by a tree and, and that's kind of how it ended. Yeah. All right. So bucket of chicken time. Well, I'll go first. I really liked the way it was filmed because there were some parts when they were, there was one part in particular where they went down into a big crater mm-hmm. and they were having to walk around the edges because there was a whole bunch of water in the middle yeah, of it. And just cool. the ca- how the camera followed them was really, really cool. It kind of followed around. It kind of orbited around it them. Went over the and water. Then, and then it like came back around and, and it shows this close-up of a rat on a body and just the camera techniques and how they were able to keep it so smooth and gliding along with them was was fabulous. I loved it. I thought this was done beautifully. And that gets my bucket of chicken. They did have some really good scenes and one shots in this movie, and then there were some I didn't like so much. I'm going to have to give my bucket of chicken to the atmosphere and how the world looked, because I like the the washed out, like all the barbed wire is on top of completely scorched earth, yes. and there's it's just muddy and desolate, and then you do see parts that are green, but those don't have any barbed wire right? or dead bodies. There's The war hasn't hasn't taken over those parts of the land. And then, of course, the the crumbled buildings that used to be people's homes. It's just so cool to look at. And then when uh, Schofield is running away from that German in a straight line, it panned over to like this massive, it looked like a big cathedral on fire, and just the whole place glowed orange. And I just, I like that. Yeah. 
So I'm going to have to give it to the atmosphere and the colors and just how the world looked, which the, seemed accurate to me. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. The Like I said, again, when, when you put your face over the lip of the trench uh. and you just see the death, the mud, mm-hmm. the body parts, the dead horses, the barbed wire, and there's craters everywhere, and it's just awful. And you just know the stench had to be bad. Oh, yeah. But then later on, they're in like this green meadow, mm-hmm. and then there's these cherry trees, and you're just thinking, that's probably what that scorched earth used to look like. Yeah. Before. And it looks just, like these nice rolling hills. It just it it brought the whole feeling of sadness of what war not only mm-hmm. does to people, but what war does to like the environment and to Mother the earth. earth. And man, it was I love the contrast too. I thought that was really cool as well. And I have to say the body placement was good. There was one where there was just some dude wrapped up in all the barbed wire, mm-hmm. which is just so like grisly. And there was one where Right after Schofield in the beginning fucked up his hand on barbed wire, Ugh. he fell over and his hand went through a guy's chest cavity. Mm-hmm. The barbed wire fucked up hand. And I was like, that is an infection right there. Yep, you might need a tetanus <laughs> shot. <laughs> it might, yeah. <laughs> I, t- I worried about his hand the whole movie after he did that. <laughs> yeah. he, he cut it on some barbed wire and then <laughs> just m- minutes it. afterwards, he, he kind of leans over and puts his hand on some, some guy's chest and it just pops all the way through. So you got all that nastiness. There and there's was, rats everywhere. I just kept thinking, man, he's he needs somebody needs to take a look at that. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna lose his like his hand. The other good body placement was when he jumped in the river and he floated all the way down. And then in order to get out of the river, <gasps> there was yes. like a tree that had stopped all the dead bodies who'd gone down there, and they were all bloated and gross. And he had to crawl. Uh, their over. faces were white, and their tongues were like sticking and out. And he had to crawl all. All over all of them to mm-hmm. get to dry land. That was freaky. There were some good actors in this. The Galahad, what, was, what did you say his name was? Yeah, Colin Kingsman And Merlin from Kingsman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Both both the Kings, yeah. Kingsman guys were in it. And then Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch made a five-minute cameo at the end. He's not my favorite person. Well, I've never really seen anything he's in. Yeah. Because I never saw Doctor Strange you know, or I, I later turned, Avengers movies. I turned off Doctor Strange because of him. I just, I, there's something about him is he's just not pleasing of an actor to me. Hmm. So I'm sure, I, I'm sure people feel the same way about me in many, many circumstances, but <laughs> he's I don't know. Not I just, pleasing to listen to. Yeah. He's, he's just <laughs> not my, he's not my cup of tea as they that say in, just, in his, England. His voice is so scratchy and gross. All right. Well, I'm really curious to hear, um, score time. Man, talking about it makes me appreciate it more. And I know I've called it terrible multiple times. And that's just the anger in me, wishing it was what I hoped it to be. What I was feeling and what it deserves, I feel like, are two different scores. Because what, what I was feeling in the theater was, I thought in my head, this deserves either a 19 or a 17. <laughs> and I thought it'd be funny that way, too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I mean, honestly, I'm just going to go even with the 50. Okay. Uh, that's higher than I thought I was going to give it. But realizing it really wasn't a, like a god-awful movie, I just didn't agree with a lot of the things. Sure. Or they didn't appeal to my tastes directly. It was still a good story with some plot armor, but I mean, what movie doesn't have plot armor? It was World War One. Talking about all those cool shots they did and how the environment looked, I that got me over the edge to a 50. I'm a sucker for a good war movie. I love a good war movie. Me too. I would love to see... A fantastic World War One movie that focuses on the battles and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. This was a story 
that took place yeah. during a war. So I wouldn't necessarily call this a war movie. So if you're going to go out and you want to see a good shoot 'em up war movie, th- that's not what this yeah, is. Th- yeah, yeah. Um, it left me wanting more as well. I would have appreciated a little more battles and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. pr- like, like in Saving Private Ryan, where you got this group of six people or wherever that are going, but then they they meet up with other people and they yeah. help them battle through some things. It kind of and you meet know. all the cool characters. I would have enjoyed that too, but I, I didn't need it to still be okay with this movie. Like I said, it, it left me wanting more, but so much of it was done so great. Um, and and even the guy dying, man, I was not expecting that. So it was sad. It and, was sad, and it was really it was it felt long, but it was also a really quick death because one minute he was. Like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Whoa, I got stabbed. And the next minute, he's pale as hell. He looked terrible. He looked terrible. And he's like, wait, am I going to die? And the main Schofield was really working up the heart to say Mm -hmm. that, yeah, you're dying. Uh, He said, I think you're dying, which, I mean, that's probably what I would have said. I don't want to be like, yep, you're fucked. Yeah. Because that's just, that's fucked up. All right. So, my score, Mm -hmm. this wasn't everything that i thought it was going to be when your hopes and dreams no it wasn't i've been looking forward to this ever since we saw the trailer uh back when we saw joker i think yeah um long time ago so it while it did disappoint it also had some really cool shit that i've not seen before and i don't know i got into it and i kind of got into what i would be thinking like seeing what they were seeing and doing Putting what yourself they were doing in their shoes yeah and while there's lots of things that I wish they would have done differently, I still overall enjoyed the movie, but not enough to give it a great score or anything like that. And I don't know that this is a movie that I would watch again. I I probably wouldn't. I would if it was on and it was near the beginning. I think I would watch that again, just because I just really love the cameras. The, like, the camera uh, play was fantastic. Like if I was just to score the camera play. By itself, it would get a high eight. Yeah. But overall, the movie, yeah. I get, <sighs> Just left more to be desired. I got to go 79. Okay. I want to give it an That's 80, fair. but it left me wanting more. But overall, I can't say that I enjoyed it. And 79 is enjoyable. Yeah, that's a good score. Yeah, 79 is enjoyable. That would have been a great grade for me in high school. Yeah. So I'd be like, wow. I'd nice. have been happy with a 79 also in fail. high school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? No. All right. Well, guys and gals, thank you for <laughs> tuning in to episode number 34 of Movie Muggin. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to keep up with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Movie Muggin. If you'd like to email us, moviemuggin at gmail.com. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Latris. Bye. Private eyes. Yeah. They're watching you. Probably.